Sun power, gun power, atomic power, fun power, power power, flower power, dome power, and glow power. And if power is all they really understand, we take the power of the flower and the power of the dove. We put them together and we love them together. Okay, we've got Tyler Baum joining us tonight. Now, Tyler is a friend of ours, like most of the, well, all of our guests pretty much on this show, who uh, we've known for over 20 years now, pretty much. He's graduates of the University of North Carolina School of the Arts film program. Uh, but probably the nerds that are listening to this might know you uh, from the Foot Fist way as the, the really belligerent guy playing the... Uh, <laughs> What was it, a ukulele at the party? It was a child-size Walmart guitar, I believe. <laughs> okay. Yeah, baby's first Fender. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was two of them, actually. So, yeah, the one I played, who knows where that is. But the one that was actually kicked and broken, I have in my possession. So <laughs> so you had a backup in case you had to do a second well, take? Was that the idea? No, the one I played, I can't remember the, the thinking behind it, but the one I played, I guess... It could have been a backup, but the it's like we had to score the back of it, kind of like cut into it a little bit so it would, it would break yeah, easier. Yeah. And uh, there was some worry about something or other. And hours were spent discussing how it should be kicked, where it should be kicked, how hard I should be kicked. I mean, it's like a whole day of discussion. Well, the movie does kind of hinge yeah. on that moment, I feel like. Well, I've never really watched another scene except right. for that scene. <laughs> Why I would you? I don't know yeah. what really happens. Yeah. I guess it's. I, I guess it was a success. So I, I wonder what those guys are up to. You know? Yeah. You know, you should check out the rest of the movie. Just at some point, when you know, if you come across it on, I mean, uh, Netflix or something, I may do my own. Never heard of it on that movie. Oh, that's not. That's not. You should. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, but also I wanted to briefly talk about because uh, this always fascinated me when I found out about it. You. Uh, did a uh, an episode of uh, an Adult Swim show as a writer that's called Assy McGee. Yeah, Assy McGee. Everybody knows Assy <laughs> McGee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, God, I really wish I wish that was true. I, I didn't do all my homework here, but tell me about Assy McGee for just a little uh, bit, or tell tell the children, of course. Please, yes, please bring the children into the room. This is a good, good story, and uh, let's just scrap, screw, skidoo. Let's talk Damn. about this. Okay, uh, it's Assy McGee is a hardened detective and he is simply just a uh, a walking ass a walking and talking ass and he's he's, mm-hmm. he's violent he's crude he's he you know shoot first ask questions later and i was lucky enough to co-write an episode i guess i i'm not, it was done just in a a, a you know a, a whirlwind way back in 2000 six or seven or eight one of those old olden times mm-hmm. yeah, it's just yeah, uh, yeah. hardly remember it but yeah it, it it happened it's one of those little teeny 15 minute adult swim shows that's uh-huh. it's made specifically for, for people that are sort of in and out of consciousness <laughs> and the, like they're kind of watching stuff and it's like whoa is that a <laughs> is that a 
a walking ass with a, a pistol and a badge. And it's like, yeah, that, that's what it is. It's out there somewhere. I mean, uh, it's, oh, it's online. It's, I'll, I'll throw it at you right now. That that episode is definitely online. Well, you know, uh, Tyler Craig and Todd Rohal, um, who's the director we've had on a couple times, they have a script that's kind of about an ass. Oh, I, it's not an ass detective. but I have read that script, believe it or not. Craig, you may, you may, uh, you may not know that, Craig. Did you know that I've read that entire I, script? You know, it's strange. I, I, I didn't know that off the top of my head, but I don't find that to be yes. unusual. I hope, I hope it gave you some, some chuckles. It did. I'm hoping that it's going to come to our screens one day and then everyone will be able to see it. You know, I mean, what's happening here? Man, that's a long and and, <laughs> and painful story. <laughs> but uh, but never count it out. Never count it out. Okay. I want to go ahead and volunteer to moderate the panel discussion of ass stories yeah. when, oh, when that Lord. glorious day comes. Lord. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think right now, like, what would be the complete the trinity uh, um, but i don't know we'll, we'll we'll have to save that for another day i would like to talk briefly just about your music career i mean i know you played in a band called pyramid with a bunch of other folks oh, yeah. from charlotte and school of the yeah. arts and you know, just some great great stuff joey stevens who yeah. does a lot of the music for um vice principals and observing reports i think um the last og he's working on oh yeah he's done all sorts of stuff i saw i had lunch with him the other day and he just went on and on about all the stuff he's doing and it was, yeah it was amazing i was bored halfway through it but yeah <laughs> yeah uh he uh he's he hardly touched his sandwich did he no i ate it yeah, so he, he's, okay. <laughs> he's just really excited to talk about that stuff and uh yeah it was a, a weird bunch of guys and we it met in winston-salem and just started playing and started playing in a band and then it kind of went on hiatus and then it, everybody reformed after scatter scattering all over the country and coming back to uh-huh. we all came back to charlotte or came to charlotte I'd, I'd never set foot in the city i'm here now too and uh yeah we started playing at rock clubs and weird clubs and all sorts of places and went out to sundance two times or one time mm-hmm. I think. wow yeah. With the band, that was a, a comedy of errors, and that was really funny. I mean, you know, it was like uh, eight people in the band. So you know, when you have eight people, that's a lot that's of a lot. instruments and equipment and, yeah. and personalities and addictions and all sorts of stuff. So you know, you're like the white Wu Tang Clan, basically. Precisely. I mean, that's how yeah. that's how we would be billed mm-hmm. most of the time. Yeah. And, you right. know, <laughs> people would get to the club and just kind of be disappointed at seeing a, a cello and a harmonica <laughs> and accordion yeah. and like maracas and everything. But yeah, uh, it's it's something that I I'm in a band now. We play good old standard exotica music and film school. We do some John Barry film music. We do weird old British marionette puppet show TV shows from the '60s. That that music we do uh, everything. Is this Don Tellings? Yes, Don Tellings yeah. Island Mysteries. Yeah, I listened to uh, that. Good, I guess good, the, good. I don't know if that's the first or only. I mean, the most recent record I, I think that you had that's uh, mentioned, uh, and uh, I'm pretty sure that's that's on Spotify, right? Yeah, that's it's everywhere. It's everywhere you look. Check it out, and hopefully we'll have some new stuff soon. But there's even a song from South Pacific on there for you. Oh, no, actually, it's on the album itself. But I know Craig's a big fan of South Pacific. Oh so. man, yeah. And the South Pacific. Yeah, so it's kind of all. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I really enjoyed it. And like, it definitely, I mean, it's got a sort of uh, Hawaiian vibe. That's, Is that fair yeah, to say? That's, okay. that's the kind of thing. Like where, when yeah. Hi-Fi Stereos came out in the 50s, this music was really popular that had all these bird calls and chimes and bells and, and uh, 
they, they gave it the label of exotica to kind of help just kind of make it seem like the islands in your living room and ah. lots of chimes and yelling and screams and stuff so yeah that's what we try to bring to parties and and uh all sorts of uh, we've been playing more shows now and yeah it's just going straight up to number one hopefully it is terrific listening yeah. though i do I, I highly recommend thank it. you thank you very, very common. And you play pedal steel in that, correct? That's correct. Pedal steel and awesome. lap slide, which are two different, okay. two different things. But I won't bore you with the details. But yeah, well, I'm glad you mentioned. That. I don't want to like you know we don't want to get angry emails from the, oh, the purists out there on the lap steel community. There is a surprisingly there is. It's all about moving parts. I don't doubt it for a second. Simplicity, yeah. but yeah, no more rock and roll for me. It's all about sitting down with a, a nice drink and comfortable shoes, comfortable seat, play very softly yeah. in in bed and at home by 10 or 10 30 p.m <laughs> to of course to curl up and listen to never heard of it podcast Aww. yeah and then it just you go right to sleep yeah oh yeah of course yeah, for, yeah. It's, it's right out. oh yeah uh well last but not least tell us about the charlotte omelet oh yeah that was a it is was a newspaper that i was putting out for a while and that, that was a lot of fun a lot of work mm-hmm. and yeah we're, we're on a little bit of extended hiatus vacation sort of thing print media uh, contrary to popular belief print media is is not doing that great these days it's you know we're well into the 2000s at this point web Mm -hmm. websites blogs those are apparently the things that advertisers want they want clicks they want hits they want snips and so we're taking a little break and we had some sort of unfortunate little you know little typo incident i don't know if you heard about we had to kind of lay low legally for a little Mm. bit just rough oh really yeah ruffled some feathers i mean you know movie fans just they're they're a peculiar bunch and when you mess up simple unintended typo led to angry calls uh angry letters threatening emails etc so we're not we're taking a break and then i mean I'll, i'll fill you in on it i was reviewing you know, Bohemian Rhapsody, the lovely movie that came out a while ago, tells the story of Queen and Fer- Freddie Mercury mainly. Yeah. Typo, completely unintended. <laughs> called it Bohemian Crapsody. Oh, I could see how that would happen. Yeah. Big, yeah. big mistake. And yeah, yeah. Uh, this is. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we had the the presses had to shut down. Boom, done. No, we're mm. gonna take a break. See what's going on. Well, you know, Queen, they've obviously proven how much power they still have right now. Um, oh, man. So, yeah, you got to be careful. It was a glowing review. I loved the movie. I wish there was... Yeah, just uh, called it Bohemian Crapsody. That's all. Yeah. It's just... Uh, yeah. and But long live Freddie Mercury. You know, yes. So. Indeed. Well, that's all I got for your personal life. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot we could uh, uncork no, if you really want to go down that no, path. But uh, I think really. it's uh, it's a good time. We can we can transition to the movie that you suggested for us, and which was I should mention. Well, you suggested it to us for a while now, so <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Um, and you know, it was it was on our list. I'm sorry, we just now got to it, but which it's Skadoo. Oh, I oh, I'm totally sorry. That was a joke. I didn't mean to really suggest no. that movie. Okay. Well, we watched it. We're going to talk Ooh. about it. You can just, uh, oh. you know, chime in or play a little wow. uh, lap still okay. in the background if you want to. Okay. But um, here's here's IMDb's synopsis. I'm not going to even try mm-hmm. to set it up. Infamous psychedelic all-star comedy about ex-gangster Tony Banks, who's called out of retirement by mob kingpin God to carry out a hit on fellow mobster Blue Chips Packard. Obviously, when you're talking psychedelic, you're talking Jackie Gleason, you're talking Carol Channing, Frankie Avalon, 
who else we got in here? Frank Gorshin, Peter Lawford, Burgess Meredith, of course, Cesar Romero, every villain from yeah. the Batman 60s TV show you could want. Mickey Rooney plays that blue chips Packard guy. Yeah. Groucho Marx plays God. I was trying to see her name here who played Darlene. She's got a big role. Where is she? She's way down here on the credits list. Alexandra Hay. Yeah, didn't really do much after after this, after Skidoo. Yeah, too bad. Richard Keel. Yeah, the great, the talented. Yeah. The tall. From Moonraker, played Jaws. Yep. I think we missed him when we were uh, talking in the tee-up because he's, oh, yeah. was he got like three words in this thing? He, but, was, um, he was just starting out. He'd, he'd been in Ega, which is a weird science fiction movie from the mid-60s. But yeah, he was just starting his rise to fame with Skidoo. Well, it's a good place to start. And it was all directed by Otto Preminger, who's not noted for his comedy necessarily. Um, I did get a chance to watch the video of him and Harry Nilsson, who did a bunch of the music when they made an appearance on Hugh Hefner's Playboy After Dark show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man, that was that was a fun time. He really looks like the grandpa uh, <laughs> hanging out with the young the young kids. Yeah. Well, at some point he says to Nilsson, he said, you know, this movie is more important for you than it is for me. Right. Because Nilsson is kind of joking around about how the movie was kind of maybe tough to make or tough to understand. And you can tell Otto is a little like, how dare you? What are you saying? And you know, he has a very, he was Mr. Freeze in Batman. So he has that deep accent, German accent, uh, Otto Preminger. And uh, he, yeah. he's a very intimidating figure. But as far as like being more important for Nilsson, it's like, no, not at all. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is, it's, there's, a, there's a movie called a documentary on Harry Nilsson. Who is Harry Nilsson and why is everybody talking about him? And they, mm -hmm. do, they don't even mention Skidoo. They, they yeah. go right past it. It is a footnote to a footnote in Nilsson's incredible career. And it's just, it's, it's unfortunate maybe because I think he, it could have really done something really cool and weird, but unfortunately it, it didn't end up like that. Well, we'll maybe um, talk about it a little bit later as well, but, one of the notable things music-wise in this movie is that he sings the entire closing credits, as in every single name and yeah. their position, <laughs> and made a song out of it. And he plays a snippet of that on that uh, yeah. Playboy After Dark show. So we'll, we'll get a link to that as well up when we, when we post this on Facebook. And oh, yeah. But now i got to turn my attention to Craig Thank here. You. And, uh, uh, you know, Tyler, I want to find out all your history with this movie. But first, I think let's uh, let's see what Craig thought about this movie. Craig, you you want a skidoo or skidont? Mm. I'm a firm skidoo. Oh, this movie had it's, it's funny. It's like a, it kind of has two worlds that I really enjoy. So it's you've got this sort of like 60s sort of formal, pretty locked down, you know, lots of stars, big movie. And then, like, right in the middle somewhere, it just goes completely weird. Actually, the whole thing is very weird. And, and I love the ways in which this movie is weird. Just on that alone, it, it kept me going. And the cast is fantastic. The more faces that popped up, the, the happier I got. So uh, I had a great time with this. Did you have a family member that worked on this movie? Or, or you, did you own <laughs> part of this? I, you must have some sort of stock and... Look, there's no there's no legal reason that I have to disclose okay. any of that. I'm just going to leave it there. Oh, that's very refreshing to hear. I like to hear yeah. that. I, I'm I'm a, I was a little worried that this could have been the one that y'all y'all could have just said, Tyler. <laughs> we, thanks, we're not going to do a show, <laughs> but but or just say now we have seen it and the that's it. The podcast it's is done. done. Yeah. 
that's all the plug is closing up the shop i was like oh no what if what if this is the one but this is (laughs) this is this is refreshing good now and i i would put myself in the same boat you know we do these little tee-ups where we kind of look at what the sort of history of the movie was just in a very brief snippet I mean, yeah, you read some of the stuff about this movie and make it seems like the worst thing you've ever seen. <laughs> and like my takeaway whenever I see that, specifically from this era, is that I'm going to be bored, okay. you know. Okay. And especially it's like, oh, God, somebody's trying to do psychedelic with Jackie Gleason. Yeah. I feel like I know what that's going to He's going to be prancing around and you're going to have these like extended sequences where people are just randomly dancing and they're playing some sort of like 60s mod music. And I'm just like, nope, checked out. And I I don't feel like this. I don't think that's this movie. I mean, it's got some of that in there, but it moves plenty fine yeah. for me. Like it's an okay. hour and a half long. I'm, yeah. I was never bored in this thing. Okay. And I felt like the casting as much as it is odd and maybe a little bit of stunt casting for anything of this era starring those particular people who clearly their prime was before any of this. Yeah. They kind of work. I mean, I didn't mind Groucho Marx in that role. I thought he was kind of fun. I thought Jackie Gleason (laughs) was fine. I mean, like he got some laughs out of me and it's, Partly because he doesn't take LSD until it was almost like an hour. It was like 45 minutes in, I think, actually. I looked. And so it's not the whole movie is that like clashing of the countercultures, which I mean, that's at the heart of this thing. And they have some fun with that. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, you tell us more about this. Like, how did you hear this? Because I am kind of curious now as to, um, I don't know. Like, why, yeah, why did this movie necessarily get dumped on and buried versus, you know, some other crap I've seen? <laughs> I had no idea it existed. And then I got the CD or, you know, remember CDs, compact discs, when you buy those, listen to music. I don't remember. Nilsson, mm, uh-uh, no. well, there are these round things and they squeeze two albums on mm-hmm. one. But Nilsson has The Point, which is his animated or a kind mm-hmm. of story, song story thing. And they match that up with Skidoo soundtrack on one CD low price so i bought i bought it for the point and i got skidoo i'd never heard of it and then there's some film score stuff orchestra percussion stuff and it's very straightforward but there's a couple tracks that are really weird the the main theme being one of them but there's the very interesting nilsson type Mm -hmm. stuff read the little booklet in the cd and at that point in i don't know late 90s i i didn't know really how to search out for this movie i uh, you know well, where could you yeah i yeah. mean like i don't even know where you would have gone i guess they, i guess they would show it at film festivals or whatnot or even they'd show it at art museums just as a, a weird <laughs> practical joke or something strange event but i just wanted to see this movie really bad for the 60s i, I like one word movies I, or movies that have titles that are just one word i'm yeah. a big fan of I've always been a fan of that. And the 60s has some really good ones. Psycho, Head, Help. Mm-hmm. Skidoo, you, you got two syllables there. I'll, that's okay. <laughs> One syllable is better, but I'll do a two yeah. syllable. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember what I was doing, but one day I think I just searched for it randomly on YouTube one day, and boom, some kind soul has it on YouTube in a beautiful DVD rip. I know it will probably be down by the time, you know, we say this right now. 
right now Craig is taking it down off of yeah, his I'm account. Filing, uh, Craig, I'm why are you doing that? Right yeah. now, yeah. And it's, uh, it's, and I will say, the first initial watching, I was really, I had a hard time, kind of keeping up with what exactly was going on because every sure. five to ten minutes, you get a new character or a bunch of characters. You know, you're mm-hmm. here's fifty new people. Like, oh my god, and then. There's the uh, people have names that are some are kind of hard to remember and and then some are just too bizarre to remember. And then I just loved how colorful Mm -hmm. it was. That was the main thing. I was like, holy moly. And in widescreen, it looks really, really nice and crisp and colorful, almost to the point where it's a little alarming at some points with, you know, a sweaty Jackie. (laughs) I was going to say, yeah, you can see the sweat on his face for sure. It's, but I, I really like the, the, the presentation and, and when you the music and the zaniness of it all but the story is just it's all over the place and it's trying to be all sorts of different things and I like some aspects of it and I wish they'd almost stayed longer in some of the locations just to hang out and see what's gonna see what these characters are gonna do and there's some other characters that I, I just really wasn't they weren't really doing it for me I mean I kind of yeah. I kind of Kind of wish that Groucho and Jackie would have sang a little. They're both musical people, and it would have maybe for them to just at some point in the midst of his LSD experience, maybe a song. Maybe it could be very, you know, very stark and and moody or something Mm -hmm. like that. But uh, I I just kind of wanted some more from some of the, the... superstars of the movie which i guess are jackie gleason and groucho yeah i don't know i, I am a carol channing fan but i, I don't know oh, man she's having a real good time in this oh, movie having, <laughs> she looks fan everybody looks like they're having fun yeah. they may have been a little confused by what they're doing but everybody <laughs> i don't think anybody was just doing it for free i mean they were all getting paid they're all yeah. doing it maybe to kind of get their career kind of realigned with something going on in the late 60s but by that point i think pretty much the, the hippie thing it was it was kind of you know old and kind of worn out by that point even like you're walking around san francisco it, when the movie came out in december of 68 yeah by that by that point it's just, eh, it's it's kind of like the the flowers and the the bright colors have kind of diminished a little bit and now things are looking a little you know bug-eyed and you know, been up for a couple of days and jittery and stuff, you know? So it's not like, it's like, Oh, like the sixties were great, but like, yeah, but they, that was a peak, but Oh yeah. The movies of the late sixties are probably some of my all time favorite. Uh, uh, And of course, like this was the lead up all also with Nielsen's career before the huge breakthrough the next year with midnight cowboy and having his having a song in that which just propelled his career way out there and then after two or three years he was kind of on his way down too you know so do you remember how old he was uh at the time of this movie i mean he looked super young on uh oh yeah he was he was probably 26 or 27 uh, when he's making and he's he looks so young he's he's briefly in it yeah towards the movie and he is he looks really bizarre and he's acting really bizarre too yeah and uh he's uh, the spotlight guy right at the, yeah he's the, the guard spotlight. yeah and there's some fun there's those are some of my favorite dialogue exchanges between yeah, him those and are the good. other yeah and he's 
within a couple of years, 71, 72, Nilsson looks like he's 45 <laughs> years old. He's been yeah. partying with Ringo and John Lennon. He's been drinking. Uh, they would drink brandy and milk. You know, these oh, things God. called oh. Andy Alexander's and just smoking like a chimney and just he aged so much in the in the next five years that he he's hardly he hardly looks like the the tower guard in this movie by 74 or 75. Wow. It's interesting though. Like I couldn't peg Carol Channing's age in this thing, and yet oh, I feel yeah. like she always looked oh, like yeah. that age. Like, you know, she was slightly older at certain uh, points, but uh yeah, she, yeah. She's still she's still having a blast and and just acting like she's I don't know, she's acting like a a wild woman. I mean, she's really possessed in some of these scenes. You know, you really have to you know, you don't have to freeze frame, but you have to, you know, you can look away or you can, or you can pay close attention. It's your, it's your choice. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. Um, let me just, I, I'll distill the plot a little bit more um, just to kind of give the zaniness factor of it. Just, well, and just to show like what's there as oh. a skeleton, because it's kind yeah. of, kind of interesting. Um, so yeah, Jackie Gleason plays a guy who I think used to be in the mob. You know, it, it seems like at least like he's not doing that much work for yeah. this god character who's at the top of an organization the tree yeah the, the tree. tree is the organization that uh, i guess they're trying to avoid any sort of ruffling any mafia feathers where it's like oh yeah we'll call it the tree and it's like extortion and making sure things run correctly and it's like yeah he was a he was a hitman or a torpedo for the tree he would right you're off people yeah and so uh, mickey rooney's character who just he seems completely economically driven i guess i don't yeah. know like he's <laughs> like he's got the wall street journal at one point in the movie and then there's a nut like during the hallucination he's holding like two money bags with the dollar signs yep. on them so <laughs> yep. but at some point he turns state's evidence um against uh this organization and right. specifically Groucho, who's the god and leader. And he's doing his time in jail, but it's it's not really time. Like, he's got a TV in his cell, and he's got an actual bed. And, like, you know, he's getting food delivered to him and lemonade and all this stuff. <laughs> the hit comes in then from Groucho that he, he wants Tony to take this guy out in jail. So... I'm trying to remember, Tony puts up resistance to that at first, but then his right-hand man, yeah. what was that guy's name? Harry. Harry. Played yeah. by Arnold Stang, who he was a funny, he's got a funny look about he's him. Great. I, I didn't really know him. Uh, well, I don't know, that's not very nice to say, is it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's just a, you can't get to like him too much because he's he's gone. You know? Yeah. He's very early on in the movie. Yeah, he's, t- he's Tony Gleason's Don Knotts in this movie, basically, but only for about 10 minutes, and then, uh, I did like that sequence. You know, he gets a call that the lights and everything are left on at a car wash. And this is Tony in the middle of the night. And he goes down there and he finds that, uh, yeah. yeah, his his right-hand man, Harry, has been shot and his car is just in the car now, wash. Now, see, it's like that. the whole him having – or Tony Banks, Jackie Gleason's character, go, having to go to the prison – is a great story and that that would make perfect sense but there's this whole element of the hippies of his daughter getting in wrapped up in this hippie world that kind of i think just kind of takes it on this collision course of like oh the hippies just it's like oh man there's a lot of unprofessional actors that just unprofessional <laughs> actors always just kind of make me uneasy you know they're yeah. kinda like oh God, they don't know what they're doing okay but but i mean just describing like what i've described as a setup that could be the beginning of a thriller. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Or The Rock with Nicolas Cage, you know, because it is Alcatraz that Mickey Rooney is at. And so you you got a guy who's going to go to prison just for the specific purpose of killing somebody. That's a completely different movie than, I mean, before the hippies even come in, the very opening of this movie is uh, boiled down to an argument between Carol Channing and uh, Jackie Gleason about what they're going to watch on TV. And there's a moment where, uh, it must have lasted like what thirty seconds. They're just oh, silently. They've got two remotes, <laughs> one each, and they're changing the channels back and forth. I'm, I thought that would have I done loved it, it for y'all. I, I, you loved yeah. it. See, I was like, oh, I was I, that like, really. I was like, this is really funny. This is how you start out a major blockbuster <laughs> superstar movie. Is I I, it, I got a little annoyed because they're going through. Oh, there's a funny. court. There's a court case. There's actually an Otto Preminger movie that's on TV. And that is Flo's line about, I can't watch movies on TV. They're cut up too much. Uh-huh. It's Otto's, Otto's commentary on his movies. Okay. And then there's fake, fake commercials. And I counted the remote control clicks. Did you? Okay. Guess, guess how many clicks there are in that opening sequence of the, the two of them clicking channels Jesus. back and forth. You go first, Chris. 69. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna spit out my theater. <laughs> I'll take uh, I'll take the under at, at uh, fifty. Sixty-eight. Boom! Oh my god! <sighs> Which the you know the movie was released in 1968. Yeah. Maybe there's Maybe, some, yeah, there an ingenious sound editor going, work going on. But if this were the Price Is Right, I would have won. I just want to point that out. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair That's enough. Right. <laughs> but uh, I, I was I was kind of fascinated by the, the this movie's uh, preoccupation with remote controls. There's a lot. There's in a there. lot of remote control yeah, yeah. going on, and and just like it's it's kind of like I guess it's in that era. Well, I don't know. Are we ever out of the era where people are like in love with the new technology? But it's just like there's all this. It's just constant technology. Like God is just doing nothing but just like hitting buttons and looking at people on screens. And uh, I don't know. I I I loved all that stuff. Yeah, I, I thought I thought the beginning was. I mean, it caught me by okay. surprise, honestly. So I was like. It? It, it is a weird way to start. I like when a movie just jumps right into it. The credits are at the end, but it was just a little too, at some point I was like, oh my God, this is never ending. Yeah. And it's yeah. people watching TV. Just that shot of the TV. Yeah. That's it. And then, then you slowly piece about what it's an unhappy household. There's some, the an ongoing storyline about Tony is, he's a little confused and maybe suspicious about, about it, if, his wife has been faithful to him over all these years and that's, yeah. that's build, it's building and it continues on and on. Yeah. But I like their, I like their house. Sure. I think their house is really cool, colorful and big and weird stairways and hidden compartments yeah. and stuff. They did get a good joke for me, at least out of the whole is she or isn't she my daughter kind of thing. I was confused by it at first because he says something about, I'm not the suspicious kind. If I was, would I have married a dame who's three months pregnant? And I was like, ah, yeah, yeah, I was okay. like, was, I was like, was Carol Channing pregnant? And I didn't notice. Like, I mean, now is she pregnant? Because I was, I was like, aren't they a little old for that? <laughs> but um, when the phone call comes in about the car wash lights being left on, it's in the middle of the night, and so they're awoken in bed. And when he wakes up and he's talking on the phone, we see Carol Channing yeah. curled up with her pillow beside him. And she's basically talking in her sleep and calls him Stanley. And yeah. he's like, who's Stanley? And she 
I mean, practically is molesting her pillow, yeah. you know, which is Carol Channing yeah. is a weird kind of, I wasn't expecting that side of her, I guess. Oh man. Yeah. She's just letting it all hang out. It's, it's one of those, it's rated R. The movie yeah. is rated R. Oh, is so. it? Okay. Yeah. I didn't even notice that, but that makes sense. Well, let's talk about yeah. the entrance of the hippies then, because that too, I thought was kind of funny. Mm. Um, You get a little bit of cross cutting between, and this is just slightly earlier in that introduction, where Tony's right-hand man notices a car has pulled into the, yeah. into the driveway. And specifically, it's a very old, like, 30s-era Rolls-Royce, and he thinks that belongs to some mobsters. Instead, it is Tony's daughter, Darlene, and this hippie played by John Philip Law. I knew it was three names. Right. Plays the character Stash. Stash. <laughs> yeah. There were some good lines in there. I mean, I, they did a little bit. He said something like, if you can't dig nothing, you can't dig anything. You dig... And, uh, yeah. you know, everything well, Everything we need uh, is right here inside ourselves. But, like, his delivery was solid. He's got yeah. really long hair. He's got some That's Native a, American garb on because they keep confusing him with an Indian, uh, which I thought yeah. was a really good runner. And then, yeah. meanwhile, like, Jackie Gleason and that guy are sneaking up on him. They got guns in their hands. Gonna, and, like, the, gonna, the stash says, uh, you know, I really feel like, you know, we could make it, you and I, to Darlene. And then... Jackie Gleason hits him on the back of the head with his gun. <laughs> and the other guy goes, it's an Indian. And uh, that made me laugh. I, I did. Yeah. I did laugh. Of course, right. Of course, right. When you see Stash or the first thing he says, the the sound editor added a sitar note. Of course. Oh, yeah. The, there's the a lot of sitar cues in this. Yeah. And it's always like, oh, God. And it's uh, for one thing, Stash is wearing a wig. Mm-hmm. There's an interview with okay. the actor. He's talking about the experience of making Skidoo, and he does reveal that's a wig, and he has a very, that headband is placed very strategically. And for me, I I kind of think he's almost too good looking for for the the hippie role, and it, yeah, it took, it, not my I, we could talk about. There's somebody else in the movie that I think could have been cast as a as a more interesting stash. But almost anybody, Groucho Marx's stash would have been amazing. <laughs> but 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 he's just he's like the, the perfect looking hippie yeah. and a guy chiseled, really really good looking guy. In a like, weird oh, way, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, if that... in a weird way, he's like he's kind of the squarest of them all. Right. Oh, that's a good point. All, well, towards the end, you definitely yeah. find out he's his all his mumbo jumbo that he's talking about. It's a little like ah, yeah. So that it's also before you the the. You see the cities deluged with with hippies. Uh, yeah. You see the uh, Frankie Avalon and Caesar Romero come by the house where they're. That's when they tell Tony, "God has a little job for you." And there's that weird sped up old flashback footage <laughs> so of strange. Tony yeah. stealing a a secret file cab filing cabinet from the FBI in the twenties or something. It's, yeah. It's a, a well, split screen. They, they split it a couple different ways. I was say, and, yeah, I've never seen one where it's split that the the screen, like the flashback, is ha- is literally happening in the middle of the frame, <laughs> and then you've got the present stuff just happening on either side of it. It's so yeah, weird. Like, yeah. How can we make this scene more interesting? It's like, well, we'll just have this you know, this old twenties <laughs> and maybe sped up music and walking, and then Tony gets his must half of his mustache shot off, and is like, wow. I, <laughs> I'd actually like to live that in is, that world. Yeah, that was right up my and, alley. That's a that's a solid joke. I love it. Yeah. What was t- what was was that? How their life was? That was almost like an acid trip. Yeah. That little flashback. Yeah. There, is that how Tony? Is that how Tony remembers his past? There's sped <laughs> up, black and white. fast heists. But but Tony's just flat out says no. 
And then he's like, no, I can't do it. I'm done. I, I have a car dealership now. I don't do that stuff. Then Harry gets shot. And for, for me, that's the end of, I guess they, they fade out and stash. They're like, good night. And stash just sits on the top of his car for some reason. Yeah. That was it's weird. A, Wraps himself in a was, quilt. Right. I thought he was going to levitate away or, <laughs> or disappear. I thought he went in like a bean there kind of thing really early in the movie, but mm-hmm. it may have worked. But then, then it's on to day two, the second day of Skidoo, where it's you're in the town, Santa Del Mar, and there's yeah. hippies everywhere. The hippies have taken over the town, and it's it's a bunch of non-professional actors. And I get un, I get I got a little uneasy when I see all these people mingling around. They don't really know how to follow the you know, camera movement, and there's people making love in a parking spot. Yeah. And then you, <laughs> And well, they had paid for that parking spot for 45 more minutes. So, yeah, there's a, uh, and then the bus. I don't know who wants to talk about the bus, but it's a, it's a lot of things going on, a lot of things out in the open on the bus. I'll say this about the bus I found myself oddly fixated on there was a woman in the corner just stirring a pan on the stove. Like there was something, I don't know what she was cooking on the stove in there. <laughs> she, I, I can't remember. What what was she wearing, Sean? Okay, she was wearing, I'm assuming, because I do think, well, maybe, and maybe that's why this is R. There were a few that were, were actually topless. Correct? Were there? I hadn't noticed. Four boobs, painted, but... Okay. Boobs, well, but because but there were times where they were just still wearing like a white bra and white panties, and those had been painted. Mm-hmm. That was that was our Darlene. Okay, never, she was the only one. I thought a couple of them were wearing underwear. Actually, no. Okay, as far as I'm concerned, I got pretty close to the TV. And it, <laughs> jeez, Louise, I am getting old. I, yeah, I, mean, I have it freeze framed. I'm really close <laughs> to the TV, and boom, that's when my parents walk in. So yeah, yeah. That, that was, thank you for that moment. Yeah, and the the bus is just a static shot of there's some singing it's what otto preminger and his art director and they was like this is what a hippie bus is is going to be like there's one kid on there a little girl there's a baby now if you notice so stash wants to introduce darlene to all all of his friends now if you notice stash comes in and immediately there's a a long-haired gentleman real actual right good yeah geronimo gets up and immediately Kisses Stash yep. on the lips. Mm-hmm. And, and again, sitar oh, yeah. note. Twang. Now, here's a little bit of that. It was, I was like, whoa, okay. It's, it's interesting. That is that actor's brother oh. in real life. So Stash oh, and Geronimo really? are real brothers. They are brothers. Oh. So, yeah, you got that the was not something. Okay. Otto, Otto wasn't like, you two kiss. You know, it was like, no, no. It's like, yeah, we'll kiss. We're brothers. Who cares? And so that was. No, there's uh, more reason not to kiss when yeah, you're brothers. Like, That's yeah. what you're supposed oh, they, to do. What are you, what are you talking? <laughs> they grew up. It's like, I think they're just like, do you want us to kiss? You never know. I just thought I, my mind was put more at ease. Like, oh, thank God. Like they, they've, they've grown up together. Like it's, it's not that much of a big deal. It's like kissing grandma. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> or grandpa, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> It's not a lingering kiss, <laughs> but it's just enough to show, to show the, the movie goer in 1968 for the, I, I think this movie was in, in theaters for maybe a week or yeah. two before it got pulled. And so the people were like, oh, they certainly are a bunch of just free spirited young men and women that hang out naked and paint each other and smoke joints. And you get a little time on the, on the bus and you get to experience all the, 
folk songs. Not the woman doesn't have the greatest voice in the world. And for me, I'm like, why? Why wasn't there a Nilsson song? Yeah. An honest to God Nilsson song. That yeah, somebody could have been playing. They've only used one of his songs so far. That's just it, it was kind of just I think uh, not singing yet, but something he wrote. But yeah, right now have a have a funny hippie song, or just when you open on that town hall. Just have some some little piece of music right there. That's a missed opportunity. Yeah, I did notice that I was like, that song she's singing. And, you know, certainly there's examples of that from that era or slightly earlier. But it, it did. It felt really oh, serious. Shit. Like, <laughs> and like, serious. it was, you know, yeah. like White Rabbit, but not. But like, uh, I don't <laughs> know. Some folk yeah. tune or something. Yeah. You know, there's some guy grinding I, I can't tell i guess he's supposed to be grinding marijuana but it looks like he's grating cheese <laughs> the asian guy yeah. I, yeah I was like he's the token so, asian guy that they're just so like, he's doing something yeah. there's people there's a baby there and they're it's but then the peaceful idyllic state of the bus is interrupted by just you know cops the cops are are all over the city all of a sudden yeah just like nope okay what is that yep you're coming with me but didn't like, stash try to kiss one of the cops like when he came in oh, i yeah. thought that was really nice I thought, <laughs> oh, geronimo tries to kiss the cops yeah. a girl does kiss the cop yeah. is uh, the whole thing about oppression and power and all that stuff and uh it's just yeah i, I didn't mind leaving the bus at that okay point, you so know? you think they're laying it on a little too thick with that kind of stuff it's just yeah, just I don't think the hippies of especially I don't think the 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 brightly painted vans were such a it would have been a little bit more subdued right. I think but this is Hollywood everything's amped up and they could, I just say turn it up even weirder I mean get get some get something even mm-hmm. more outrageous you know let's let's really turn it up but that's it's it is what it is yeah so I did like the uh, ridiculous beautify America the ladies inside this like city council oh, yes. that's going on in the town hall of santa del mar which is actually a real built that is the city of south san francisco's city hall so you can actually see that building oh. if you're a skidoo die hard fan yeah. you can go hang out there well they had the uh, uh, the poster up here that said beautify america get a haircut <laughs> I, hope, I hope that's still there i, I would and love they, nothing more than to think that it is well there's there's a nice ronald reagan picture mm-hmm. which is always funny to yeah. see in old movies which, and there, uh, at some point some, one of the act they're having a beautify america meeting and flow is a member of this committee they're talking about ugliness is un-american it's just small town chatter going on and then in walks the cops with all the hippies that just everyone's taken by surprise the the mayor and her her husband are just just have no idea what to make of all these colorful weird haired people which is funny because carol channing in that scene looks like a baby chick like she is dressed in yellow feathers from head to toe yeah (laughs) but no you're right i mean they come in there and that's sort of setting up the plot device of you know they either have to get out of town or they're going to jail and so they're going to leave, right? And Darlene, Tony's daughter, yeah, is like, I'm going with them. Mom, Carol Channing's like, no, you're not. But if you have to be with these people, then they can they can come to the house, yeah, which is yeah. <laughs> such a ridiculous thing. Yeah, Craig, let's have some real talk. Mm-hmm. Do you think that uh, Flo, the mom, would actually have invited all those hippies to her house? I don't know. You know, the fact that it's Carol Channing, I kind of buy it. I don't know. <laughs> Like, you know, my mom wouldn't have, you know, it's Carol Channing. It's Carol Channing. Yeah. She wants her daughter back. So she's going to invite 80 hippies to come to her house. 
because that is that's problem solving. You gotta you gotta imagine some of those hippies were probably on some psychedelic mood enhancers at that town hall meeting. So looking at Carol Channing was like, oh yeah, I, I want to follow oh, yeah. The, that. Yeah, I, I want to like follow in the sun. Yeah. She is the she's our new leader. That could have been a whole different. <laughs> yeah, that could have been a different plot. That kind of would have been great. But she was she was entertaining to just talk, and her, her movements are all. She's, her eyes are darting around yeah. and everything, and her feathery hat is. Yeah, let's go with her. And so the bus just everybody to Fat Tony's house, where I guess is like they never. I think they do say the city of San Francisco sometimes, yeah. but I think Tony lives. I think somewhere in the East Bay, maybe in some like fancy fake town, but I think it's across the Bay Bridge. I think mm-hmm. maybe it's not, they've kind of mixed up some geography a little bit and they don't call it Alcatraz later. They, they have a different name for it, but so it's kind of real, but it's, it's like a, a fake, it's an altered mm-hmm. reality of San Francisco. So yeah, everybody to Tony's house. Well, there's a great cut to, well, I liked it anyway, when we come back to the house, but uh, before that there's, you know, we, we take a little sidestep to getting Tony to the actual prison island. And I thought some of that stuff was was actually kind of interesting. The guys, oh, like, yeah. you know, they're, they're taken there on a bus. So Tony gets off the bus. He's still in his pajamas, mind you. The cons are kind of led into a bathroom break. Then they get on a boat. But one dude just randomly starts singing opera, just loud as he <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they kind of ran with that. I mean, I think it maybe even like trickled over to the score a little bit, but I was like, well, okay, whatever, you know. And then they get to the prison, and the prisoners have to enter these little stalls, and there is a machine, essentially, that is interacting with them, telling them to please please take your clothes off and put it into the drawer, and the drawer shoots out. And then they have to answer like a questionnaire by pressing yes or no buttons, and they're just asking all these questions, and and one of them is like, "Do you have children?" And the one guy is like, "He can't, he can't answer that, right?" It's, it's it's do you have more than one children? And he is like, yeah, it's like and maybe someone has an answer. She's like, "I don't know." And it's it, I love that. I, I really do like that character, Fred, the professor. Yeah, I like Austin him a whole Pendleton. Lot. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, to your point, Craig, you're absolutely right that technology plays like a weird role in this movie. And in fact, that character then becomes uh, cellmates with Jackie Gleason. And he's sort of your tech expert, I guess. Like he's there essentially to help them get this guy Mickey Rooney's playing. And uh, but he says that he's given up the technocracy, you know, because he's a hippie, of course. Um, oh, yeah. But Jackie Gleason gets to skip all of that because he's led uh, to his cell by another con, which I think was, yeah, the Jaws from Moonraker mm-hmm. guy, if I'm not. That's, he's one of the, the prisoners that helps out a trustee or I can't remember what they call them, but they they have the red hat. They give the prisoners their Yeah. Like, oh, here's your room. And uh, of course, who wants to talk about the guy that's sitting in the cell? And in in, one of the most interesting oh, characters in this movie, I think. Leech. Subtly interesting is Leech. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm trying to remember. Craig, do you remember what? That first interaction with him is God. Uh, oh yeah, it's it's when he talks about why are you in here? Molly says mostly right, yeah. and it's like oh yeah, well that, that's a tough one. Uh, okay, but he's very uh, he has he lets Tony have the top shelf for his very toiletry friendly, supplies. Yeah. Well, I guess that he it's been prearranged for Tony to be matched up with him for. 
possible, I guess, Leech is supposed to be his bodyguard. And they're all supposed to meet on purpose yeah. in that cell to work together for the ultimate goal of killing or kissing, as they yes, say. Kissing. Again, with the kiss, Blue Chips Packard, Mickey Rooney's guy. So, but we, we also find out that, you know, then when the other guy is brought in, this sort of like hippie, younger guy, tech guy, Fred, yeah, uh, right. the professor, He's mm-hmm. there because he burnt his draft card, and uh, oh, you know yeah. they get to, they don't like that. Yeah, they get to have that moment where it's like, okay, we'll really plainly spell out the difference in culture here by you know Jackie Cleason's like, what's the matter with you? Don't you believe in America? Yeah, they don't like that at all. Yeah, then the rapist is like, don't you believe in the Bill of Rights? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, buddy, I think you got more problems to worry about than the Bill of Rights, yeah. right? Now. <laughs> I, I I do like when Fred gets stuck in the cell door as he's yes, going in. Yeah. It seems like. Seems like that. I've, I don't know if I've ever seen that in a prison movie no, where someone I actually know, gets right? stuck. Yeah. Seems like that would really hurt. Mm. Like that would like break some bones. He's like, oh, I'm stuck. Yeah. But then they open it up. So that, that's a great. I really like that guy. And I dare I say it. I kind of. He works really good in this part. But hey, why not make him stash? Make him the weird, deep speaking. Yeah, that would have been strange. Philosophical hippie guy. He's just kind of like a mousy little dude. That would have been great if Darlene fell in love with him, just to kind of as a screwball to this sort of yeah. storyline. But yeah, it's, I, I, but the three of them, as they are, they're, they're a good trio in the yeah. cell for what's about to for what's going to happen later in the cell. It's almost. I'm just now thinking of like. I mean, it's somewhat like Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? In the sense of. Uh, you know, three cons that are very different. Now, mind you, I don't remember anybody raping anybody in the, you know, brother, but uh, I don't know. I wonder if that, if the Coen brothers ever seen it, it seems like something they would watch. But uh, let's talk about our next big cutaway scene from prison, I think was the Frankie Avalon bachelor pad. (laughs) Oh, that's, well, that's, yeah, that's after the, uh, the big the hair washing scene. Oh, yeah, I forgot that, about that. Okay, that's what, yeah, that got a well, laugh out of me, by the way. And there is a Nilsson song in the background, okay. but it's it's almost like it's playing on a stereo, and it's not. It's it was one of his sort of like a love song. I don't think really had a direct connection with the storyline. But again, why not have a, an original song there that takes over for a while? You have hippies milling about the the house. Flo is washing <laughs> hippies' hair. That people yeah, are con- in the kitchen con- sink, all, right? All sorts of weird. And all these weird positions and contorted and the bad continuity as far as some of the party guests will you know, cut from one scene of the house to the other and the same person will be there. Eat. There was an old guy with a feather hat or a hat with feathers. He's eating a, in a, a brownie. He's chomping yeah. into a brownie oh, I didn't notice that. in the kitchen. And they cut immediately to the next room. He's center frame in the next Hilarious. frame. He's like, oh, God. Like, <laughs> he's, he's just, it's a mess. It's just, it's a continuity mess. Kind of like the, the party scene in Revenge of the Nerds, where you see just there's people in the background of shots, just it's all out of whack, and that's always. Yeah. You're saying that's not a perfect movie. It is a perfect is movie, movie, but is. there's but but there's people dancing in unless they have identical twin nerd nerd twins. That I mean, they could. It's just. A, or I know that's true. <laughs> or they it could just be the editor's idea of just this was such a crazy psychedelic party fun party that people are just going from room to room without reason dancing here talking there having a good old time which maybe now that i think about it is probably how i behave yeah. at college yeah. parties too. a little bit yeah 
Sorry. In that scene, I mean, oh, I think yeah, the, yeah. the key takeaway is that Darlene is worried about the fact that nobody's seen Tony. Uh, they don't know where he's at. Where's my yeah. dad? That's it. Where, that's the big, where's my father? Which she's, she's really, that's really driving her right there. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's what does lead us to Frankie, Frankie Avalon's bachelor. Pad. And we didn't really describe uh, he and Cesar Romero's wardrobe choices when we first meet them, but they're dressed in all black suits and they have this, um, it's like an orange gold kind of <laughs> shirt color uh, and matching yeah. handkerchief in their pockets. And it's just... It's very Halloween, I thought. Yeah, a little bit. Good. Yeah, you're right. And yeah. He's he's rocking a little mustache. and uh, Oh, mustache yeah. is horrible. It's terrible, just it's yeah. like, oh, God. It's, just, it's a good... For his character, mm-hmm. I think it works. Because if you, th- if you think about it, Angie is calling that house to speak to Flo for some reason. Yeah. And... And Darlene gets the phone, and, and it's something like, do you know where my father is? And he's like, I know so much that it hurts. Yeah. Or something like that. Is That's it, a good pickup His line, bachelor Tyler. pad. You didn't know that? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just, he's calling from, it's, and it brings to mind, well, because you first see Hetchy and Angie arrive by boat to, so he's going over to Tony's house, which is, I guess, East Bay, and he lives in San Francisco at an address where you could see the exterior of still to this yeah. day. And uh, we'll talk about it. Uh, there's a little, getting a little ahead of ourselves, but it's 947 Green Street, which that's where they film the exteriors of that. And you can go hang out there too. Just tell them that never heard of it podcast. I smell a, a work to. vacation, correct? Yeah. Probably. I think we have to. Oh, a um, skidoo, skidoo road trip. Yeah, yeah but it, it, uh, the bachelor pad, we get to see more of that later. It's a little glimpse with that phone call. Then it goes back to the prison uh-huh. for the prison meal where you meet Frank Gorshin, Gorshin as the man. Who never unclenches his teeth while he talks, it appears. It's yeah. bizarre. You, you know why he does that? Because of the cameras, right? Right. Wait, what? Because the, they, they have lip readers. <laughs> Yeah. So he's got to oh. keep his. Uh, like that. I didn't pick. I didn't. I totally. You're right. They did make a point of saying that the prison was uh, decked out. You didn't pick up on that. You're just like God. Like, Why is he doing this? This is ridiculous. Well, that is the thing, though. This movie really does like it's constantly throwing stuff at you. <laughs> really miss that. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. You just thought he had some sort of jaw lock. I did. Yeah. There. I was like, there's a guy talking to Tony. He talks without opening his mouth, but moves his lips plenty. That was my note. Yeah, yeah. He, he says that there's a, there's a deaf mute that reads the lips, and he can. And that's ingenious. Yeah, it it's is like, really... oh, that's great. But then again, it's like, well, I guess they can't pass notes in uh, in at prison in the prison cafeteria. So, and they're sitting there talking about how they should how they're going to get packard with clenched jaws and tony's still like no like this this is just it's not going to happen i can't do it i'm 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 his best friend and the man is just saying look that's the reason why you're here you're his best friend he's not going to expect mm-hmm. it and then they talk about it well that's why we've matched you up with fred because he's going the professor guy, yeah. he's going to he is going to figure this out don't you worry about it and then boom the guard puts his hands on Fred says, Hey, your hair don't conform. Come with me, which that's, it's, it's kind of a jarring sort of like, Oh God, I kind of liked his hair and his mustache. As yeah. It, it wasn't was, that but, long. Yeah. yeah. Next, it's not like stashes. Yeah, not, not bad. But yeah, the next time we see him with a bald head, it's just like, Oh God, it's a, <laughs> he looks really strange. Like to be in a big major picture, a big widescreen picture. He looks, he looks kind of yeah. sickly, you know? And, 
I just felt bad for him. But that that was a, I liked seeing the prison cafeteria scene, and it's a weird table of people yeah. all sitting there eating together, and and it's just kind of warming you up for what's about to come later on in the prison because it goes back, and then there's a big long scene in the awesome bachelor uh craig do you want to talk about the remote control there yeah Uh, i mean the remote control (laughs) controlled literally everything in in the place from from curtains to lights to music it at some point controls uh a complete uh set change yes and that thing is huge it is uh 1981 cell phone i don't know like but i loved it I, I loved the whole idea. It's just it's completely fake. I think it, I think it had like three buttons on it as remote controls mm-hmm. did back in the day, and it's like somehow it's just like yeah somehow that controls everything. Um, so again, that's 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 totally up my alley. I'm I'm all about it. Well, my favorite thing was uh, so I think it was he getting like a haircut and a shave uh, from a barber. <laughs> that's when he right. Yeah, that's when he call, that's when he calls the the hippie house. He's he's getting something done. Yeah, but yeah, there there's like a, a guy doing that, right? There's a yeah. barber there. Oh, and yeah. so he's got everything you want there. It's, yeah. it's it's perfect. And there's there's a couple of Playboy centerfolds mm-hmm. near his bar that have been inlaid but, into the but woodwork. But didn't he there. get up from like the shave and stuff and kind of walk over and then like he's talking on the phone or something and presses the button on the remote and that room just bye bye barber <laughs> he just yeah he swivels into the wall yeah he's gone he just like, where does he there. go like what does that look i mean yeah he's waiting he, uh what's his name angie is waiting for a girl that's not we see oh i know that but where does yeah, the barber just, go that's what i kept wondering i was like what is that oh he's well, he's got his he's got his own little room back <laughs> yeah there. he just, just lives in a closet somewhere and every time he's like Please turn hit the remote today, sir. Please hit the remote so I can see. I mean, the, the, the size of the apartment that we see is just a fraction of the actual, all the changeable rooms and levels. It, the entire building is just all these different levels and desks and, and bars that just float around at his. Let me ask you this, because you might be the person to know. So Carol Channing shows up, surprising him. He's waiting on this like red haired girl to come and like yeah, she shows yeah. up. She looked like she was maybe eight inches taller than than Frankie Avalon. Oh, did you notice that? She's pretty much demanding, "Where's Tony? Where's yeah. Tony? You know where Tony is." But she also has a seems like she's willing to do almost anything mm-hmm. to figure that out. She strips. She has a dance freak out. Mm-hmm. Uh, she loves the remote control. She gets a hold of the remote control. She, she or maybe I can't remember who's holding it, but she she's amazed by the different choices of music and. You got you know that when they filmed that they didn't have any music oh, playing, sure, so yeah. she, she just had to react, which would have been even better to to just see her go goo goo for these like imaginary songs, and she she's, seems pretty willing to be doing anything, but at some point she picks Tony up or not Tony, yeah. uh, Angie to threaten him. Where is Tony? And I learned that they had to set up a little, I don't know what you call it, a little ramp or a little platform that he could be raised on very easily. Like a little fulcrum and a little razor. Yeah. I, I noticed that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe there was something going on there technically. But she is super tall and he is super short, I think, in okay, real life. Yeah. But also with that, there had to be, she had to get some gargantuan strength to lift yeah. him up at some point. But there's all sorts of weird size and proportion stuff going on in this movie anyway. But I do believe Carol Channing is a, a tall woman. Now, Craig, I want to ask you this question. Okay. Do you think the whole reason... 
Groucho Marx's characters named God is so that they could have lines like, I want to see God. Take me to God. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, I, right? I wouldn't see it uh, any other way. Interesting way to work the sort of like hippie experience in there a little mm-hmm. bit on that side. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting, uh, you know, we we're bringing up how Carol Channing in- invites all the hippies over to her house earlier and how they might follow her as if she's like, you know, a cult leader type thing or something. I don't think it necessarily works in in terms of the overall story and everything. But I mean, I guess in as much as they're saying like the hippies are the opposite side of the mobsters, like she is God's equal, I guess. Ah, you know what? Huh. Uh, this makes sense. And thinking about the end of the movie now, I, I do kind of see that that happen. Because she wow. seems very tough in this, even though she ends up kind of pretending like she's going to sleep with him or something. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? She's very take charge, and I, I really was digging that. Yeah, she's a she's a great, strong female lead in this that really gets some stuff done and wants answers, and it, it has fun mm-hmm. along the way. So when they remake this, I can't wait to see who they'll cast. <laughs> and and she, but, but this is also at his bachelor pad. He does use the remote to to reveal the big ch- chart of the uh-huh. tree and what the tree means and how it works to explain because. Darlene shows up at the place as well, and there's a big reveal with with Flo, and but the the audience now gets to learn about the the tree organization a little bit more. Even though at the end of the day, it, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> there's no, you know we know he's no, on it, and no, no. Uh, Tony's on it no. somewhere, and then God is at the top of it. Yeah. But you know it was made for a nice little set thing. The tree and the whole having to get. Blue Chips pa- having to kill Blue Chips Packard. To me, almost, they all seem like MacGuffin kind of things where it's like, oh, you got to do this. But the real crux of this story is, I guess, Tony's breakthrough with his experience in the yeah. jail cell. You know what I didn't even think about now? What was the end of the, the Mickey Rooney storyline, the Blue Chips? Oh, I took notes when it got to that because I thought there'd be some big reveal at the end when God and Blue Chips do eventually speak oh that's right on the phone uh-huh. of course but yeah well we could get to that later but it's yeah you kind of realize that all this running around where's dad where's it gotta kill him it's like it's all just sort of it's extra it's chaos extra yeah. chaos extra colors it's it's enjoyable it's an enjoyable ride but it's a little i don't i don't know if the audience just would get lost and frustrated just be like i forgot who's after who and why and who's upset with who and suspicious of who. So I just give up. This is just too kooky for me. Let's talk about yeah, his trip sequence. Cause I, I oh, actually kind of liked the way they got into it. I thought, cause oh. I was finding myself. I was like, when is this going to happen? I know it's going to happen. And like, how the hell are they going to do this? Yeah. I hope y'all, I hope that y'all had a disclaimer at the beginning of this episode, telling folks, listeners that look, that you do never heard of it does not condone the use or experimenting with with LSD, but for this film, it, it's it it may help if you've <laughs> if if you've, you know if you know what it's kind of like if to watch something or to listen to music or something it helps. But please, listeners, uh, y'all did have one of those disclaimers. Yeah, right? well, we 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 do one before every show. Yeah. Good. Okay, good. It's real professional. Good. I like yeah. that. So yeah, well, at this point in the jail cell, we're at about 45 minutes into the movie at this point. Tony is writing a letter to Flo and he's saying, I miss you. Even that voice of yours. <laughs> yeah. He really, he truly misses her. He really does. Uh, the professor's eating rice. He's bald. Tensions are kind of 
they're a little frayed and they try to talk to uh they talk to blue chips through the tv yes yeah, that's that's confusing and strange sure. and blue chips is conf- he's confused about why tony is talking to him but the big the big point of that conversation that they have is that tony kind of he waffles a little bit about where he is and why he's in the jail and he he bets with blue chips about he bets on his daughter's life that he's not doing god's dirty work yeah so he, he's like look he's like, no 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 i promise on darlene's life which is just like whoa 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 like blue chips could have stuff done like are you sure you want to be saying this and i think tony really it really hits him hard he's like oh my god what have i just done and he's in that moment of of i think he writes ps on his letter he's like i'm gonna be uh, here a lot here longer alone, yeah. and then the, then he goes and he licks the envelope and then sitar uh, note <laughs> boom here we go twang yeah yeah. And then we're off. We are off. Professor's stationery, oh, not just the envelope, all of his stationery that I guess yes. he brought with him, because that's something you can do uh, in, in prison, uh, is soaked with acid. And so. <laughs> I didn't think. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't mind that. I, for some reason, it worked okay for me. But yeah, he tells Tony to lay down and he's going to guide him through his trip. It doesn't work immediately. He, uh, he, he licks the envelope literally for maybe half a second. Yeah. And it's like, oh, no, no, sit down. And it's just, it's like, wait, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. And if Otto, if Otto Preminger really had wanted to make this a, a, a glimpse into the counterculture and the drug culture and to maybe, you know, in the trailer for this movie, you can watch on YouTube. They, they have some people that are not in the movie. Timothy Leary is in the trailer and he says, hey, it's a great way to turn on your parents. Oh, really? so kids, take your, take your, your folks to this film and you know let them know what it's all about and but it's like well one of the big mistakes is that you know i've read that you know you can't just touch your tongue to a piece of lsd for half a second and then it's like oh my god dear it's that's it you're over it's like so otto could have been a little bit more like you know that's maybe where some of those the scare tactics of like, oh, you take one hit of LSD and you're going to be walking around the edge of a skyscraper on your hands and you're going to be doing your cartwheels in the highway. And it's like, that's the kind of misinformation that was a little bit more harmful that I think like, oh God, if you touch it, it's bad. It's like, no. Beyond that, just from a like audience standpoint, if you're trying to get hippies to watch this thing, you're going to lose them yeah. in that. I mean, even beside the fact that yeah. they may not be like, I'm not watching a movie with Jackie Gleason yeah. and, <laughs> and Carol, and, you know, yeah. at the heart of this during the flower power yeah. era. But yeah. And Tony, Tony is an enormous man and he's sweaty. So sweaty. Yeah. He, so that he would need like, a, good God, a bucket full of LSD, <laughs> you know, it's like, just like touching his tongue to it. It was just like, I mean, he may have like a brief little, you know, blink his eye and see a trail or something. But Fred warns him like, oh, like you were about to go. He gives them all the mumbo jumbo about sit down, lay down, go with it, ride the waves. And it's like, oh boy. And as a moviegoer, I'd be like, oh boy, here's now we're talking. Yeah. This is going to get interesting now. This is what I came for. I didn't come for this mob you know, story. I think yeah. I could have. Yeah. And, and I think even calling Groucho God, his character God, is a little misleading because it looks great on a poster and it looks great in, a, in an advertisement. Groucho Marx is God, this amazing film figure and TV yeah. figure, wonderful, humorous guy. 
I mean, the idea that he's actually playing the real God is like, whoa, they, you can't do that. You know, like you can't put, you can't do that in a movie. So when, when I kind of, as I was watching it the first time, I found out, oh, he's just a mobster that everybody calls God. Yeah. I was like, oh, I was like, oh man, I kind of wish he really was yeah. being God. Still do. But, yeah. So yeah, it goes back to the boat for a brief moment before we get into the complete lunacy well, of, of his trip. And that's the first time we see Groucho in this thing, right? I mean, it's right around oh, the yeah. same time as the first time as the, yeah. the LSD is introduced in here. So you're talking yeah, about halfway, yeah. about halfway yeah, into the movie. Minutes. We go to we go to God's boat, which is called Mother. Yeah. And it's actually a boat that you can go see. It was John Wayne's private mm-hmm. boat. And you can go, you could charter a, a party or a, a cruise on it. It's, it's pretty cool. So when we take our California road trip skidoo mm-hmm. adventure. <laughs> we have to get the boat, yeah. We're going to have to hit all these. Parts. And uh, the, the thought that John Wayne lent it out or rented it out for this movie is hilarious. I kind of wish John Wayne had popped up in full cowboy like mode. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. And so then that's when everybody, we kind of skipped over where they find out at the bachelor pad that, oh, dad's with God. What? Where's God? Oh, well, God's on his boat. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, oh, there's, they got to figure out where. And then there's like a jumping on a boat and all that stuff. And it's, it's just a big, quick little like, oh, and they're zooming off and we see God in his boat. I don't know. What were your first reactions about Groucho's physical appearance and his, his mistress, in a sense? <laughs> Greg? Man, that's a good question. I wasn't quite ready for, you know, how... I mean, Groucho is older here than, than you've known him, you know? And yet he's yeah. he's uh, he's still... They've they've got his hair blacked and 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 they still got the you know the mustache like he's he's Groucho. He's unnaturally. He even described his look in this movie as he looked embalmed. Wow. And he looks made up and he looks artificial because they went with the flat black hair dye and they went with the flat black mm-hmm. mustache paint. Whereas when Groucho was on his when he hosted his TV show his his talk show and or the in the uh, 50s it's who's line no not who's line his way what is it he had that talk show uh it'll come to me in a second but he he was natural and he was un, unrehearsed and just talking to folks what's my line was his if you said a secret word a, a duck yeah. would fall down a great show he's interacting with guests and it's funny he was just natural he his hair wasn't done so you know i would have preferred that look but maybe this just makes the god character even weirder maybe he's just this old man that's cosplaying groucho well, marks well, or they, something I mean, that's He's, the thing they're they're really playing up the groucho marks aspect of it i mean and they you know i mean they, yeah, they cast yeah, yeah. him like i don't know did groucho ever play someone yeah. who wasn't groucho maybe but it's like i i wish they turned up the groucho notch even more like i want him to make little asides sure, i want yeah. him to look in the yeah. camera more and and sing little ditties like that. He 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 just seemed really. He was a germaphobe, and he's paranoid. And it's just it. He was like a it was like a nervous energy, and his look was just a little just disconcerting to me. And his mistress, yeah, is a, a very beautiful, odd yeah. character on the boat. That's she has a very mysterious yeah. vibe. She has a dress on that has literally no back, like that you can just see her butt cracking. Yeah. I'm just like, well, what is the purpose well, of this dress? I, I, like, I don't know. 
you know, I, I don't know if y'all can see me mm. on the webcam, but I'm actually wearing a Luna wow. dress. Oh, right you're now. pulling it so, off, man. You're really pulling it off. Around. Yeah. From the front, it just looks like a t-shirt. Yeah. yeah. I'll do the I'll do the rest of the podcast. I'll turn around. <laughs> Wait, we'll put a, put a, I, I dropped. Put a jacket on. No, 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 no. There we go. There we go. I mean, was it in that scene with Groucho? A, he's playing, they're playing that game that is basically pool with obstacles, whatever. I don't even know what the hell you call that thing, but it's so weird. Challenging game, bumper pool. But uh, Frankie Avalon brings Darlene and Stash to the boat, right? And so they're up top and they're communicating with Groucho, who has not left his like part of the ship, we find out later, for 10 plus years because he's like, he doesn't trust his crew not to kill him. But uh, yeah. I think he asked them what they want. And then the uh, st- <laughs> stash says, oh, uh, like, he just has, like, a laundry list of things, like, a better place for butterflies, organic food yeah. markets. <laughs> that guy laughed well, at me, ready, I will say. Yeah, I thought that was good. And he was very earnest yeah. about it, too, when he was, like, delivering that. God asks him, do you like money? And Stash, at that point, is like, he's, he, in a sense, is yes. You know, he's like, yeah, I like money. And it's, it's all with video conferencing that yeah, the ship so was all outfitted yeah. with all these uh, uh, 35 millimeter film cameras in all these different rooms of the house. So it's, or the, of the boat. And yeah, so they're, they're on the boat. So contact has been made. We're at the halfway point. So now it's like, well, all they got to do now is just get, Tony's got to go through with it. And we, here we go. But unbeknownst to them, Meanwhile, back in the prison, which is called, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they call it like stone something. They don't come out and say it's Alcatraz. And I, I don't know why they couldn't know. Like when he leaves on the boat, he is, that's really Alcatraz in the distance and the aerial shots. Of yeah, the absolutely. Is, definitely yeah. Alcatraz. But the prison, I think I read somewhere where they were filming in some old abandoned prison in LA or something, but it's... It's the kind of thing where, like, had it closed down by that point in '68? Yeah, it, 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 I think okay. so. Well, that I think would make sense. Then why they didn't call it that? Yeah. yeah, I think they, I think it could have closed down in the early '60s or something. Because I think those guys escaped or were said to have escaped yeah. in the early '60s. And but it's just kind of weird because it would have been a little cooler. But yeah, they don't know that he is. He's he's going on an adventure, and he's of course, it's it's a little short film unto itself. Yeah. which this is. This totally is the beauty of the widescreen, the, the bright colors, because there's some clips on YouTube that are old pan and scan, old VHS copy versions of like titled Jackie Gleason on acid. And of course, people want to <laughs> yeah. watch what that is. It's like, oh, my God, what is this? And you see, it's like just it looks really bad when it's just a square and there you're missing a lot of the, the solarization and the great. Uh, it's really it is it's a little overdone but i I think it's it's really great it's really for to feast your eyes on that is just late 60s cinematic craziness yeah not to ruin that adventure for anybody but (laughs) i really liked that you know yeah he's starting to see things and it starts small and there's like little clouds of colors and then he looks mm-hmm. over, and it, the professor character shrinks in size. And, of course, those are accompanied by fun sound effects. But then, at one point, he sees a Tommy gun. <laughs> and the gun yes. starts shooting, and it leaves, like, little bullet holes that make numbers. And and they they start making, like, addition. He's like, I see mathematics! And it was just, that <laughs> was, was like... like what that is what like if you i don't know if you've ever taken it but that is exact that's what happens with every you know, you trip see tommy guns in mathematics see, okay 
always see a gun shooting numbers into math equations, mm. and you always make deep guttural moans and yells, and you bleeps, and you hear bleeps and blips, and he's <laughs> grasping at yeah. invisible flies. <laughs> he is having, it is, it is, it's an adventure that yeah. I. I advise people to just check it out and blast through it because this is, it's 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 a lot of fun. Well, this what about the what about the eyeballs in your top bunk? Ooh. Oh, what was wrong? What was wrong with that? That was perfectly. Uh, nothing fun. wrong with. It. I'm just wondering is that is that also a standard thing? Is that what I could expect? I'll tell you what's That's wrong with those is that they were like eight inches apart from one another, so it doesn't look. You know, it's like, oh, <laughs> it was creepy. That part was creepy. Uh, that was a part that I I will try to make a, a little thing a little infinite loop of that those eyeballs just sort of moving around because they're they're popped out of a, of a head obviously looking mm-hmm. down at tony and that's when tony starts to make some really strange noises with oh, oh yeah. like he's making some if somebody's in the other room and you're watching this movie they may not know what you're watching because he's making some i don't think jackie gleason has ever made such bizarre noises and he's really freaked out by what he's seen and these eyeballs looking down at him could be that could you could there's so many meanings that you could find in that is that god is that blue chips is that flow is that him himself but it's a little it's a little unsettling those eyeballs but so be ready for it if, if those yeah the stuff with carol channing was like straight out of like david lint like twin peaks stuff oh, i mean i mean she's like yeah. uh well, i had the line yeah. where she said something about dinky boom boom i mean she's just like saying yeah. things like that but it's there's like a color yeah. gel on it it's just this weird. is all him asking who she's got yeah. your ears she's got my ears like he's he's really going deep inside of what who is am i darlene's yeah. father and he's really going down but it's colorful he sees blue chips dancing he sees god he sees all these all the people from the movie are just sort of swirling around and it's another time where i wouldn't have minded a two or three minute little nilson song it was that, missing I, I do that. Like the yeah music. i don't know like it i was expecting sure. that sort of like yeah, gentle I like- you know hippie song for that scene and there no it's or something bizarre, yeah. something have them sing something just truly bizarre. But I, I don't mind the music during this part. Yeah. It's called on the soundtrack album. It's called Tony's Trip, and it's just a weird standard sort of blips and hits and sitar <laughs> notes. And so it's, kind of, it's kind of fun to put on a mixtape for somebody. They'll be like, "What the <laughs> hell is this?" But yeah, it's all right. Which and that's another thing about like I don't know if Nilsson actually did all of the orchestrations and, and plotted out all of the instrumental stuff because he was working with a, an arranger named George Tipton uh-huh. a lot in the, at this period of his career. So I think George C- Tipton should get a lot of, cr- of the credit for the, just the plain old score stuff. I, th- I think mm-hmm. he did a lot of work. And Nilsson and him may have sat at a piano and maybe plunked out some notes, but I think it's perfectly decent, zany, soundtrack music that that works well i was thinking about like can you imagine a more awkward thing to try and film especially because they were probably stone sober i assume (laughs) doing this and you're jackie gleason and you got an entire crew why i mean it's just like there's no way you're going to capture unless you're like dennis hopper and you're like you know, going into the cemetery and then rolling. Um, yeah, I was really trying to find a script for yeah, this like film, you... and and any any sort. Of, like, I almost wonder if it it was it just Otto and Jackie 
just in in a room with the camera operator and the sound guy and they were just getting really i don't know if jackie gleason did lsd to research i don't think role. so I think groucho, groucho had but yeah i mean i think yeah. what what i found was most i think harry nelson hadn't even most of them were just like we just acted drunk no, yeah that's i love that he's like i just acted drunk yeah. and but even like, that it's like it's unnatural to do in like a in a film setting where you you have like marks to hit and there's technical things you gotta like you know yeah. don't speak too loudly or it's gonna mess up the sound yeah. and all. It's just, but it's a lot of him just groaning and moaning and all the the talk that that fred is doing about let it go yeah. and just relax he's he's losing his ego it's like that's kind of the stuff that you don't want to hear when you're on acid on, mm. on lsd it's like <laughs> jesus christ shut up but but it, it it's good for the average movie goer i guess but it i guess jackie gleason probably read some articles about it and probably was open to all oh, these kids of today you know like oh they sure are into some strat like i'll just take take my bourbon and smoke cigarette i think it was up to five packs a day of cigarettes like him and john <laughs> white just yeah it's just liquor and, and cigarettes and just went along with it and also i would like to see a list of how much each actor got paid for skidoo because at some point i mean i think jackie was probably just like all right sure Otto. where do you want me to sit yeah. okay how many groans do you want me to do like how much money am i <laughs> yeah. like this this yeah. pays for my, you know, my yeah. solid gold golf cart. Yeah. Ooh, you're, and you're great. sure yeah. the hippies are going to like this, right? You really like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. 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 love this, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. Like Jackie Gleason was, a, he was at like a weird point yeah. in his career too, where he he was some movies in the early 60s, nominated for a Oscar, I think, with uh, The Hustler, right? Yes, he's he the was, Hustler. Yeah. Yep. And, right. and he's, he's about, he's this is years before Smokey and the Bandit. So he's in this weird lull of he's making more money i think from he would put his name on records it would say like jackie gleason presents like music for romantic moods and stuff he would, he sold a bunch of records like that and he didn't play a single instrument or write course, music yeah. so yeah so he's just going along with it and just having fun i think during the shoot now hopefully i don't know i heard otto was kind of mean towards groucho and and jackie was like no like you, i'm not going to put up with that you're not going to treat me like that. Well, it's a shame to hear that Otto Preminger was was mean to Groucho Marx. It's like, what? Like, come on, dude. Like, lay off this. Groucho Marx was born in 1890. Jesus. You know, yeah. it's like, dear God, this movie is a weird link with the, the previous century. Yeah. It's really strange. He is yeah. the oldest actor in this, you know? Wow. Like, good Lord, man. Give him some, cut him some slack. Let him do his Groucho thing. Let, I don't think there was much improvisation, I, I think. Well, let's take it back to the, to the story here because the end of the trip sequence did have <laughs> another great moment from the Leech character who uh, oh, comments, hey, you know, maybe if I take some of that stuff, I wouldn't have to rape anyone anymore. <laughs> well, that... <laughs> That's if you, if you watch that very closely, the actor pl playing Fred laughs Did he? and he okay, looks at yeah. him. And I don't. I had to watch it a couple of times because it almost. It's like Leach said that. Did he go off script for that? Because it's because. Uh, Fred is taken a little by surprise by that. Or did he have a line saying like, Oh, no amount of LSD will cure you yeah. or something like that. Where it's like, but they cut, they cut that. Yeah, they cut yeah. That's hilarious. I don't know. I thought all that stuff was funny. I mean, really like that experience and knowing about the envelope and the stationery is setting up the plot that they hatched then. And uh, that is that very soon after this, Tony Leach, the professor, 
all come down with red spots. They got the measles, supposedly, according to the Lithuanian, doctor. Lithuanian measles. Yeah, yes. but that, that happened because they drank half of the shaving lotion and they got moved to a different room. Like, but, yeah. But I hear, is, that, okay, go ahead, because I was confused about that. Well, this is a weird, this is one of the weirdest, I was trying, to, I thought all of this movie took place pretty much from the, the previous night where they're watching TV and changing the channels. And then that next morning, he shipped off to Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. And then the entire story pretty much takes place in one day, which I thought was admirable. Yeah. But no, I, I had to go back yeah. and double check. Something. There's a another day goes by. And it, I think that th- some of the most interesting stuff could have happened in this period of time time starts to really get shifted up near the end of this movie and i don't know if it's because they were starting to chop it up in the editing room or something but i it was a little disconcerting to me because if you notice when leach has that line about oh maybe i should take some lsd that is right after the man went into the cell and was like tony okay here we go you're going to serve blue chips as breakfast and you're this is when you're going to do it and also at the same time god is making all these video wake-up calls yeah he's talking to frankie avalon and yeah so like a day has gone by without there not being really any like a a big chunk of hours has, has gone by with nothing really happening this chaos on the boat with a it's just like okay and now hey it's a it's a new day and here we go well the only reason i was mainly confused is because we find out i mean again like it kind of plays out like a crime caper you know they go into this hospital wing or room and uh next thing you know the professor is up in the ventilation shaft and then uh jackie gleason is sneaking into the cooler of the kitchen where they keep the lettuce and leech now here's where I was confused. Like he sneaks into a room where it appears there's surgeons doing surgery on some. I was like, are they in a hospital? They're not doing surgery at a prison. What on earth? Like maybe they do. Maybe they do. And I just. Well, you know. I think yeah, I think they do have the possibility of of surgery in a prison. Really? What I kind of like is just the, uh, the ramping up of those situations where like these guys are just having no problems really yeah uh getting around yeah, no oh like yeah. that stealing that tank is is just what a great bit well and they had the uh, trustees armband and red hat so that's like you know you might yeah. as well not be a prisoner oh. if you got that thing right yeah. Yeah. maximum security prison it's called <laughs> rock island federal penitentiary there you Man, go there's there's been a couple of instances where, like, oh, it's the maximum of maximum security. Yeah, you know, just he's just kind of crouched into a crawl, just kind of going into this operating room, carts off some oxygen, which, which it makes no sense what the in the end what the oxygen is used for. Which we logic is starting to go out the window. Of sure. This movie, where, yeah. Oh wow, it's getting to be more cartoony. Everybody's on acid at this point, where it's slowly yeah. getting. Them. But yeah, this is where that's what Fred does with the food mixer while they're all sneaking around, right? Yeah, he what, dumps the yeah. uh, stationery into the mixer, and oh, uh, yes. it's like, okay, now we know what's going on. They're gonna uh, make the entire prison high, and yeah. uh, that's when they'll they'll plot their escape, which is kind of exactly what happens. But it does play out. Over a length of time, we're seeing Burgess Meredith. That's he's like, I always like to eat 
my meals with the prisoners every yep. now and then just like oh so we get a new character way like this far into the movie even new people are popping up and i know i was surprised like, yeah, come on, every, who else like come on in what else who else wants to join us yeah, so, oh, yeah i mean they did do the senator who was on the tv in the opening during yeah. that like trial he's there now which was oh, kind of weird back. everybody's back and this is right after like yeah so we're we're into the it's gearing up for the the great escape and, yep. and then of course the stash is is called you know god has a deal for stash about something like you can you can be in my network and let's make something happen here so <laughs> so stash seems very interested in this and so stash calls the hippie house i love that of, scene by the way yeah. oh yeah <laughs> so good my i wrote down the line he calls the hippie house and of course at the hippie house the only person that ever answers the phone is like the seven-year-old girl, which I yeah, liked. Um, <laughs> Stash says, Xerox me, man. I don't want to be misquoted. Lo- I, that's a great line. I don't care what movie it's in. It's just that's a good line. Yeah, before he goes in this weird coded message about yeah. where their exact location. Now, apparently, Otto Preminger had... The screenwriter of this movie was kind of a mysterious character. Wrote one other movie, and I couldn't really find out too much in, too much about him. But they got Rob Reiner to write a bunch of the yeah. hippie, hippie dialogue, which makes perfect sense. I love it. I love it. I love mm-hmm. that the fact that he was called in and had a miserable time <laughs> figuring out what Otto wanted and what he didn't want. Because I bet you that was totally a Rob Reiner thing, like Xerox me, man, and the whole code. Oh, man. Like, there is not a world in which those hippies would have figured out that code that quickly. No. That oh, God. That could have been 20 or 30 minutes. Oh, yeah, I, which would have been funny if it would have taken them like five hours to. Spirit of yeah. St. Louis, man. What yeah. is he doing? I had a hard time figuring it. Was, so, what in the end, it's seven to eight knots west of Pier 17 or where yeah. Pier 17. Which and, still would be hard to find, I think, like yeah. in the in the era. I don't know what these yeah. guys. Yeah, well, but the thing is, like west of that, like that would put you out if you're on the kind of in the Bay Area. It's like, would you be way out in the Pacific, or yeah. are you in San Francisco Bay, where Alcatraz is? It's all like, where's it's kind of hard to draw a map. Where's the boat? Where's Alcatraz? Where's the house? Where's mm-hmm. where's where's uh, Angie's apartment? There's all these weird locations going on. So. Yeah, we figure out that they're they are okay. We're going to meet you. Cool. Yeah. And then then we all go. We go back to the prison, and it's complete pandemonium. Yeah, it's bedlam. Oh. Burgess Meredith is tripping. <laughs> Let me repeat that. Burgess Meredith is tripping. Slim Pickens makes his appearance as a switchboard operator, which oh. I I mean that dude doesn't matter what he says. Like it just that voice is so funny. I mean, he's like they are, they're yeah. playing yeah. our song. <laughs> yeah, of all people, Slim Pickens and and the guy yeah. next to him, the actor that had been in a couple of things, a cowboy movie. So it's just everybody, everybody, or his main role was on Mork, the television Mork. He played the very odd character that was in long flowing robes called huh. Exodor. Oh, yeah. And it was, it was Mork's friend. So I was like, what a weird connection there. And yeah. it's just they're, they're just plugging stuff in and just completely out of their brains and singing songs at top volume. And this is what prison on acid looks like. It's not yes. fighting and screaming and violence. It's just sort of rolling around and juggling in slow motion and, and laughing and yeah singing. and then the professor just says warden may i have your keys and he just yeah. gives it to him and uh we should talk about the garbage can sequence the song oh trash can ballet is it's that great. a harry nelson yeah it's on the it's it's on the soundtrack and okay. that's i i, I kind of wish 
the movie had two or three or four more sequences like that. Yeah, that it was were so just good. Bizarre little choreographed, solarized, weird, colorful sequences that pop up and then they fade away. And if you notice, it's nighttime now. Like another day is gone. Yep. You know, they're shining the spotlight. So some like they've been on acid for a long time. And Tony and Leech and Fred have been plotting their escape. And I guess sewing all the, you know, the, getting all the supplies <laughs> yeah. ready. You know? So they've been working on this for like nine hours. And now we're <laughs> Nielsen and the, he's at the spotlight and they're like, I like the, like, you'll wake the baby. And this is just, it's bizarre. They're, they're, <laughs> Do you hear what I hear? I hear nothing. And yeah. it's a great Nielsen. It's, it stands amongst one of his better adventurous late 60s songs. Just really, really cool. He's working ham and coffee grinds into a yeah. song and, and making it sound clear. I mean, like as far as like the lyrics are concerned, it's really pretty clever, I thought. This is when Packard is reading the paper. He's not on acid. And that is when Packard and God talk to each other, mm -hmm. finally, during this big thing. And it really is just sort of a... There's no big ultimatum. There's not an apology. There's not any, no one admits anything amazing. They, they call each other names and, and that's about it. It's just sort of like <laughs> we're back to square one. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so like the plot really is that uh, Jackie Gleason and those guys are taking these giant bags that contained heads of lettuce and stitching them together <laughs> They take him into a sewing room. Yeah. That's maybe my favorite part of the whole movie. Is they carry, they're like, we're going to sew these together. That's amazing. They use ropes attached to large, this large steel drum uh, uh, garbage cans. And the oxygen then is used with flame to make a hot air balloon. Yeah, sure enough, the next morning, they get this thing up and going. And I swear to God, I swear to Groucho. Yes. Good. That's got to be the first like real wide shot of the entire movie. Is right. I mean, like as far as an establishing shot, I mean, at least that I can remember, uh, yeah. is when they're leaving the the uh, prison there in that balloon, which is kind of crazy, really cool. right? Yeah, it is a good shot, but yeah, it's like surprising that you'd go that long without one. You know, it's just it's a bright sunny day in San Francisco, which is kind of rare, and you get to see the city, you get yeah. to see the Bay Bridge, Alcatraz. It's really cool, and the the balloon looks really strange and it's funny as they're leaving the ground leech is like i'll oh, take me and they're like we yeah. can't take you. you're too heavy <laughs> it's like after all that and it's like well no, you can't take you because they're rapists that's why we're that's the yeah. thing that's yeah. the real reason like no yeah. no we're not going to take you but also jackie gleason had a fear of flying in real yeah. life I wonder if that was a weird day on the set where it's like, okay, like, can you, how high is that thing going up? Because it looked a little rickety when they're filming the small stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he's not, in the, he's not in the real hot air balloon. No, but, but still. He could have been, been a little disconcerting. He's like, oh, like, okay, like, uh, put me down now, Otto. Also, he's but, way heavier than the Leech character, by the way, so I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. not a very nice excuse. It, well, my, also, at this point in the movie, my mind is still a little in shock from the naked football team naked football team yeah a lot of butts green bay packers okay yeah, all right let's just breeze through that one i say we'll let the and, audience figure that one out yeah okay and so yeah we go to from alcatraz the bay bridge we're zooming around and i guess at this point tony is kind of come to terms with yeah I, I just lied to a 
to blue chips and my daughter's life may be in danger and but i'm getting out of this jail to to find her yeah somewhere like yeah like did he ever say like we got to find darlene or were they like we got to go to god not boat? yeah not until they land and get on god's boat I, sure. yeah i don't know i mean i guess the plan was just to get out of prison and then i don't know what they were doing but yeah oh, there's god's boat yeah but um yeah they i mean the stuff going on in god's boat like that's parallel action to this to me was just kind of filler oh, you've got the exotic woman the mistress who's sort of chasing stash. I mean, like she's trying to seduce oh, those laughs or the, those overdubbed laughs yeah. are very mm-hmm. creepy. And it's like, Oh, like this yeah. is unsettling again. And but then doesn't she yeah. sleep with Frankie uh, Avalon? Like she wakes yeah. up with it. So it's like, well, well, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was a missed opportunity where it's, I guess at the end of that day, of that cinematic day where Luna has pulled stash down into the engine room and Stash is like, oh, I think I'm getting seasick. Yeah. And she, she says, don't fight it. I wish you'd just been like, okay. And it's just like, oh, that would have oh, been funny, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I expected exactly that to happen, yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not? They missed it. And then it's like, oh, man. But- and meanwhile, that's a guy who's kissed his own brother in this movie. Like, why would he be fighting? I mean, like, it didn't make that- any sense. Like, I was like, yeah. of course he's going to go after that girl. I mean, why is there a chase involved uh, for that? Yeah. Yeah, know. there's a lot of weird kissing. I know God is a germaphobe, but when he's kind of like going after Darlene, yeah. sort of strangely, and not on the lips, and it's just like, oh, like he's he's acting. Groucho's acting a little, eh, he's a little creepy there for a, for a little bit. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I blame him as much as the script and the director for that. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, but yeah, that was a little like seeing, yeah, it did. seeing her in his lap was like, he, but he could have. Yeah, that's true. He he didn't seem too committed to. It was like, okay, like mm-hmm. he didn't be putting up too much of a like ah great thanks this is what i've always wanted to do yeah like, all right all right all right so yeah this is it's yeah we are in the home stretch yeah it all converges uh you know they look out and find that there's an armada of hippie fleet you know oh, uh, boats yeah, and no, sailboats like, should, headed their ways yeah. the gunmen are like should we shoot them yeah and in me i'm kind of like yeah you could share yeah, but then they're like, no, shame for the balloon. Yep, like shoot the, the hot air balloon made out of lettuce bags uh, that's flying overhead at the same time. So all the, all the hippies are spared. And like what Craig said, it's like, yeah, like they're kind of following Flo as like a, a figure. She's she's now wearing... I was going to say, she's car. dressed like Napoleon, yeah. Of course, yeah. <laughs> where, she, where they stopped to get that outfit, I have no idea, and wig mm-hmm. with... Well, maybe she had it now that I think about it. She probably had one available in her car or something. So, yeah, they're coming. It's just going to be a big to-do at the end of Skidoo. And it's a big chaotic mess. It is. And... I mean, it's it's fine, and it, it really, I was worried, I was like, what are they, is this going to be like a 12-minute sequence, you know, that's just, you're seeing minor extras get flipped off the boat, and there's fighting yeah, going yeah. on, and thankfully it's not that, it's much weirder and enjoyable, I think, because as soon as Flo comes aboard God's boat... That's when we get our title theme song. I mean, she starts singing the Skidoo song, and it turns into a musical Probably, for a second, right? Well, it's it's one of the greatest songs ever written, well, sure, in my yeah. opinion. And uh, I I heard the song years before I saw it in the movie, oh, so yeah. it, I've I've carried it with me in my head as I've moved from city to city, and I've met people, and and mm-hmm. and it's have several big life events happen, and it's just. It, it makes me just sort of 
you know, it gets sentimental and tear up a little bit because it's it's just it's a hugely important song to me. And the lyrics speak to me. Craig, did it have the same impact on you? Uh, I, I can't say the exact <laughs> same. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, just knowing that that's how it affects Tyler has kind of made me tear up just now. Oh, isn't that sweet? Yeah, it's true. It was fun to watch, though. I'll definitely say that. There's a few things of importance that happen in the final chaos. Yes. Tony goes looking for Darlene, finds her in the shower with Frankie Avalon. Frankie was supposed to kill her. He was supposed to shoot Darlene, but who could shoot Darlene? Come I know. on. Yeah. And and then the next thing you know, uh, one of the like boat crew guys is uh, more or less acting as a... Uh, you know, justice of peace or minister here performing a wedding ceremony between, uh, but it's Frankie Avalon and the girl with the, the butt crack dress, right? It's Luna. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, oh yeah, that's, wait, is it her or, or is it, yeah, it's Angie and Luna. Getting yeah. Married. Cause I thought for a second, I was like, oh, once Avalon and Darlene, like he saved her no. life. I was like, are they going to get married? No. You know, no. no, Stash and Darlene do end up getting together, which, and then uh, God somehow gets off that boat onto another ship or sailboat with the professor character, right? I don't know. Is it like in monk's robes or uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> guru's robes and smoking a joint? And we get yeah. kind of a freeze frame. Yeah. And uh, Harry Nielsen sings this out. He takes us out with that's, the credits. That's how it ends. Uh, there was not a big scene with, I don't think Jackie Gleason and Groucho were ever... In the scene together, scene, yeah. Which was yeah. a little disappointing. Yeah, it's gotta like, come be. on, like, oh, I mean, as, and as far as the song, it's perfect as it is, but why not have Groucho and Jackie have a sing-along thing? I don't know. It could be cheesy. What does bug me a little bit, whenever there's musical instruments playing in a, in a scene where there's a song and musicians have to mime. Oh, it's you know, terrible like, in this, right? That, that always sticks yeah. out. Like when there's, like, you know, if there's a drum set and a cymbal crash happens and the cymbal's completely still, it always gets on my nerves. But this is some of the worst guitar miming and, and bad lip singing. Yeah. These well, guys, they were an actual band and they had to show up and they, I don't know, did they get to hear the song before? They're just having fun. <laughs> I think everybody had a great time filming that scene. Like, yeah, man, we're going to go film on a boat with Carol Channing and Jackie Gleason. But like, it's just, it must have been very chaotic shoot but they're trying but they're just not to me to my level of of demand they're just, they're just not cutting it well yeah i mean even for a you know a movie that that you know asks you to suspend a good amount of disbelief mm. i still have to say all these guys have electric guitars oh uh, yep that's another how, how are we that. we're not we're not hearing anything that's well, another but there thing. were like six of them, Craig. So, <laughs> well, maybe yeah, maybe combined. Like no trumpet, no, uh, no, in, any other of the orchestra instruments. Maybe the tambourine guy does okay, but yeah, okay, everybody should have a good time trying to kind of follow what Carol's doing. Like no chords, no wires, no amps, no nothing. Yeah. But it's it's there's enough to look at where you can. Kind of, I like the guitars; they're cool old guitars. Oh, yeah, they're they're just, they're just not. Uh, it's just like yeah, not like that. Yeah, just I would have scrapped them, but oh well. That's it brings you to the end of this weird movie. That hopefully by this point, if you've watched this movie and had no idea what you're about to get into, I would hope you'd feel somewhat satisfied that it's you've had an interesting, colorful experience. For sure. 
Well, that said then, Tyler, do you do you have an instinct on why this movie just didn't see the light of the day? I mean, even in 1968, beyond kind of, you know, we've we've uh, touched on that a little bit here and there, but uh, any like overwhelming thought on that? Like why it didn't do... I mean, if it only it had a week release. Yeah. I mean, it was literally a week, W-E-E-K and W-E-A-K. Yeah. Like some lucky resident of a city, one of the... Los Angeles or New York or somewhere, they got to see this in the theater. And this was about a month after, I don't know if you're familiar with the monkeys movie called head. Yeah. Yeah. There's some similarities and there's some some dissimilarities, but like to sit in a theater within a month and see both of these films on a big colorful screen that would just, and hopefully a good sound system, you would be in for quite a ride. I just don't think that the, I don't think there was an audience really ever for this film. And it was sort of doomed. If it had been given, if, if a, would a cast of unknowns be better? Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I keep coming back to that. Like, is it the cast that, maybe, yeah. you know, if you think about too, like Easy Rider was when, was either this year or the next? Or, I mean, it's it's right around here. And even though you don't know, you know, maybe they didn't know who the Hopper and certainly Nicholson and some of those people were at the time as an audience. Like, you can look at that and go, that feels authentic when you look at Jackie. I mean, in like the trailer for this movie, you can only imagine it's like, okay, you got Timothy Leary and then Jackie Gleason. Like, Oh, the trailer even has Sammy Davis jr. And all this. It's just like, that's such, that's a hard sell. I think, you know, maybe people probably, especially at the time it was, it was feeling stale. Yeah. Yeah. Like pretty much everything you're throwing. Yeah. Plus that movie, that year you had some great movies. Planet of the Apes came out yeah. and uh, that was 2001. So you had, mm-hmm. the bar had been raised. And at this point, you really had, just like, a, I don't know if a cast of unknowns with Otto at the helm would have been the idea or an unknown director Maybe, or a young, yeah. a young 20 something director and, and the stars, but also maybe had the movie had had a, sort of stream of consciousness one scene moves into the other mm-hmm. sometimes there's me maybe that would have worked mm-hmm. maybe get away from the rigid like well we it needs to be a mob story there needs to be a mob hit because people want to see a, a thrilling mob story it's like no nah, like maybe just a little weird exploration of, of of moods and attitudes with a bunch of maybe a I, I wish there was a making of this oh, film God, because i imagine that, yeah that's probably some on-set footage some some actors talking about the process that would probably be just as, or if not more enjoyable just to hear like, I mean, I know they were getting paychecks and it was just, you know, a film between films. Actually one guy, the guy that's in the tower with Nilsson, I think died like before the movie was released. He was was like, so that poor guy never got to see it. Well, maybe that was, I don't know. But uh, I, I just, I don't think people, I think, oh, Yellow Submarine came out 1968. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's some other stuff that people would really, word of mouth and good magazine articles and newspaper articles really, really built up some of the good stuff. And when something was bad, it just got, it just died. And yeah. even, even if it went to drive-ins for a week or, or just second rate theaters for a week, I, the initial viewing, the story is just a little it's a little scattered you know you have to really really be clinging on to wait who's who's doing what where's where am i and uh i but then again were they hoping that people would 
take LSD and go see the movie, which would have been pointless, absolutely pointless. Yeah, and when you'd, I mean, you'd have to have like a real marketing campaign for that kind of yeah. thing to take effect. But uh, I will say, like, I was thinking about the fact that you know, say what you will about YouTube, but it, it is kind of nice that like stuff like this is on. And again, this is a really nice looking transfer. It, it takes no commitment for me to sit down and watch it on YouTube versus, yeah, going into a theater and expecting just to get something really good yeah. and then, you know, yeah. and having to look at yeah. it that way. Um, yeah, maybe as time goes by, I mean, we're looking at it as a 50-year-old film and we're, and we're seeing it as kind of like a desperate attempt to, to be hip and cool. But maybe in the future, if if the citizens of earth or, or wherever are so lucky to yeah, just if skidoo comes up on your strange viewing device or projection device, like give it a, give it a whirl, see sure. what, what it does for you with the music and the, the setting and the body painting, the fashion, the hair, something may interest you about it. But right now it's a tough sell. And I think it was hard to see and hard to get for a while Yeah, on dvd or on vhs so now with a click of a couple of buttons watching it on on youtube and a really nice transfer is it's it's kind it's kind of a treat for a nielsen fan or just a weird 1968 hollywood fan yeah i mean it is kind of cool to get the whole picture of an era too you know it's like i don't know i was just thinking about how like in the 90s you know you had grunge and the authentic you know, side of that is, you know, Nirvana and, and the Pete and those fans. But then that was also the era where like Vogue or some fashion line where they were trying to do like, Oh, but we can make yeah. flannel shirts too, you know? <laughs> and it was yeah. just like, no, that just reeks of desperation. But that was, you know, that's part of that era too, you know? And so it's like seeing this version of someone trying to capitalize on, on the counterculture. The music, the album, the film, or the something happens and then it sends a shockwave out and it, it sends ripples that last for two or three or four or longer Some in some unfortunate cases you know like when like cheerios would have a jingle that had like a grunge guitar riff, yeah but it was like 1998 and it was like ah oh, like it's all it's too late too all extreme yeah yeah it's like you no know, people have moved on to techno it's yeah. all about rave now then they that takes them about 10 years to get, get that techno cheerios ad and it's it's just endlessly now we live in this strange time of 2019 where it's it's just a big jumble. I said there is no common culture. Yeah, yeah. It's like, there's none. You could you could be grunge, yeah. flapper. I don't know. Silent film, Vietnam vet, uh, <laughs> yeah. computer nerd. Whatever. Yeah. Do whatever you want. Make your own music. Make and Hawaiian movies. music. Yeah. Play Hawaiian music to, I don't know, uh, Alaskans. Yeah. That's uh, do whatever you want. I, I I'm just glad that this. I was able to watch this and thanks for having me on this strange, this strange thing. I can take off this dress now. Well, sure. Yeah. yeah you can take that Finally off. Finally get comfortable. Uh, Craig, that feels uh, any last things you want to say about Skidoo that we didn't talk about? I mean, it, maybe it seems obvious, but I just feel like if you can't dig nothing, you can't dig everything, anything. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we should leave it on that. I was going to ask you why the hell this is called Skidoo, but I think maybe we'll just leave that as a pondering yeah, question no. for everyone Let to think in. about. Good. Tyler, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, thank you for the suggestion, and we'll have to do it again. Yeah, man. Uh, whenever you're set to record, just tell okay. me when. Oh. <laughs> Bye, y'all. See you Bye. later. Skidoo, Skidoo. The only thing that matters is with who you do. 
Skidoo, Skidoo, the only thing that matters is with who. Skidoo, I do, I do believe it really is the thing to do. Skidoo, Skidoo, and the world can be a better place for you.